Copacabana on YouTube's legal requirement, Deception. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And earlier this week, I did a video, a video that has proven to be somewhat popular about how YouTube's new terms and conditions that they are proposing for next month don't necessarily change the power dynamic between YouTube and its users. And that video has been popular. I've received a lot of comments on it. Some that say I did a good job, some that say I am a corporate bootlicker and similar type of language. And towards that end, I do want to make this video to talk about something else that YouTube did, did yesterday actually, that actually really bothered me and that people are reacting very negatively towards on my social media. I've gotten a number of DMs and emails actually about this specific issue. And if you have DM me or you have emailed me, you know that I can't give formal legal advice without a client relationship. And similarly, this video, if you're watching it and you are a YouTuber that is interested in these questions, it should be noted that there's a disclaimer at the end of this video. There's a disclaimer in the description of this video, but also right now, There's a disclaimer that says anything that I say here isn't official legal advice. You're not my client. We don't have that relationship. And if you are concerned about these topics, you should absolutely 100% consult with your own legal counsel because these are going to be important to you, particularly if you make your living on YouTube. Now, with that all out of the way, I want to talk about what happened yesterday, what YouTube is doing, and how the language they are using and the deception that they are using really kind of gets me a little bit upset because they are doing something very specific in the way they are describing what is happening right now with the changes they have made to their service and the requirements of COPPA that is not honest. It's not entirely inaccurate like so many things in the law and so many things in business communications, but it is at bare minimum deceptive. And so I want to talk about that. I've pulled up the tweet from yesterday that if you are regularly on YouTube, whether you're a content creator or a user, you probably saw as a notification when you went to use the service. And that is, in Studio Today, you'll see a new setting requiring you to indicate if your content is made for kids. This is part of the changes we announced a few months ago in relation to laws protecting kids' online privacy. Check this video out for more details. And in this video, there are a number of things that are said, but one of them is that we are now required to ask you to mark your videos as made for kids or not. Okay, that makes sense. You are now required. We talked about this in an earlier video, which we're going to also kind of briefly touch on in this video, but we are now required suggests that, as is in fact the case, YouTube itself has a legal requirement, has a legal requirement under COPPA to do certain things. We're going to talk about those in this video. But when they say we are now required, I find it to be a little bit disingenuous how they are otherwise describing this requirement to their users. In fact, I went so far as actually putting out a tweet yesterday that said it seems Team YouTube is playing very fast and loose with those legal obligations, with whose legal obligations are implicated by COPPA today and forevermore. And then I also talked about the video where I discussed the FTC settlement that happened in early September that led us to this point. But the point of this video is to talk about what is actually popping up, both in the video that they use to describe things to Twitter users and elsewhere, and also what is actually being shown to people that have to make this determination, especially as content creators. So in that video, there's a bit of language that they use that actually starts to paint the picture of what YouTube wants you to think of is happening here. They use the phrase, 
help creators comply. They use the phrase, in order to help you comply with the law. They then say, we are now required to ask you, but they also then say, you are legally required. And finally, in the actual box they use to describe what COPPA is, they say, regardless of your location, you are legally required to comply with the U.S. Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, COPPA, and or other laws. Now, yes, you are 100% as a citizen of any given country or jurisdiction required to legally comply with that jurisdiction's laws. That's what laws are. But by actually asserting that you are legally required to comply with the U.S. Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, they are doing people a disservice as to what's actually happening here. And it's one that bothers me because the purpose of using this language, the purpose of saying you're legally required, we're going to help you comply. We are now required to ask you everything else is designed to invoke fear, right? People rightly look at something as a legal requirement, as something to be avoided, certainly to comply with, but that also features significant penalties for lack of compliance. And what I'm here to tell you on this video is that we are not talking about a legal requirement, at least not expressly so. YouTube, I believe, is doing some definitional sleight of hand with what actually appears in the COPPA rule in order to try to make this assertion. But as we're going to look at, that isn't actually how we arrived here. That isn't what the FTC said was happening. And the fact that they are actually going forward with this language is designed to try to ensure compliance with their own requirements. But by saying it's a legal requirement is, in my opinion, going a step too far. And it's designed purely to evoke this kind of fear response that I saw yesterday. And if there's any purpose to virtual legality at all, it's to talk about these things and to talk about what's right and what's wrong and what's maybe even just ambiguous. I think YouTube can make a case that you are legally required to do this, but it's not a great case. And by asserting that it's the only case, it creates all of this drama, all of this panic and all of this fear that I'm seeing online. And it didn't need to be that way. So again, just kind of talking about the video that led us here. I highly recommend checking it out if you're interested in this question overall. It's a video I did in early September based on the FTC settlement. It says YouTube's doing what on unintended consequences, COPPA and the FTC. And the thrust of that video is actually on how COPPA is a very bad fit for what we are talking about here vis-a-vis -vis YouTube. That COPPA was really designed for website operation. It was designed to prevent certain harms on the internet of a completely different type than this. And by using it in this fashion, you've got really significant problems with how it is going to be enforced. But the point of this video is to take a look at what actually happened with the FTC settlement and whose legal obligations these are anyway, right? So the FTC announced on September 4th of this year, just a couple months ago, Google and YouTube will pay a record $170 million for alleged violations of children's privacy law. Google LLC and its subsidiary YouTube will pay a record $170 million to settle allegations that the YouTube video sharing service illegally collected personal information. Let's say that again. Does it say the users? Does it say the channel operators, the content creators? No, it says that the YouTube video sharing service illegally collected personal information. That makes perfect sense, right? This is a settlement between YouTube and the FTC, not between a channel provider and the FTC or a content creator and the FTC. The FTC asserted that YouTube was violating COPPA, not that its users were. And it was violating it by essentially collecting this data on people that the FTC asserted YouTube should have known were kids. It says the YouTube platform allows Google account holders, including large commercial entities to create channels to display their content 
According to the complaint, eligible channel owners can choose to monetize their channel by allowing YouTube to serve behaviorally targeted advertisement, which generates revenue. But some of YouTube's individual channels, such as those operated by toy companies, are child-directed under COPPA. We're going to look at those rules in just a second because they are very vague and you can tell how vague they are just in what YouTube actually tells its users and its content creators yesterday because it can't add specificity where none exists. COPPA is very vague and it was designed to be very vague so that the FTC had significant authority to go and police the internet if it needed to do so. But the point of this was YouTube was using cookies and user IDs and various things for its users even when they weren't logged in and they were using them to track them across Everything from Thomas the Tank Engine videos to Barbie commercials and everything that might be otherwise determined to be directed solely at children under the age of 13. And it was using that information to sell targeted advertisements to them based on their behavioral characteristics. The FTC said that is a COPPA violation and you need to get your ship right. They looked at everything that YouTube did. And they said they think there's a violation here. We talked in our earlier video about why YouTube would settle even if they weren't convinced there was a violation because the FTC does have a significant hammer to really hurt them with. And so a settlement was really always in the cards for something like this. And then we get to the meat of the issue, what happened yesterday, which is that in addition to the monetary penalty, the proposed settlement requires Google and YouTube to develop, implement, and maintain a system that permits channel owners, note that they don't use the phrase website operators, that's important, we're going to talk about that in a second, to identify their child-directed content on the YouTube platform so that YouTube can ensure it is complying with COPPA. Note what you don't see here in this press release. You don't see a reference to the channel owners complying with COPPA. You don't see a reference to users or content creators complying with COPPA. You see a reference to YouTube complying with COPPA. And in fact, it's exactly the reference that we would expect to see. I've pulled up now COPPA, the COPPA rule under the Federal Trade Commission. And it is not a simple rule. In fact, it's very ambiguous. We've talked about it now in a number of episodes of Virtual Legality. Please do check them out if you're interested in more detail on this law. But the point that I want to make right now is that the main COPPA rule we've got here in 312.3 is that it shall be unlawful for an operator of a website or online service directed to children to collect personal information from a child in a manner that violates the regulations prescribed under this part. When we take apart legal statutes, it's very important to note who they are directed towards. It shall be unlawful for an operator of a website or online service. That is who we are interested in discussing. And if we go up to the definition, it's basically what you would expect. It means any person who operates a website located on the internet or an online service. Fantastic. Also, it means an operator who collects or maintains personal information from or about the users of or visitors to such website or online service or on whose behalf such information is collected or maintained. So we've got a couple of components there, and that orange highlight is what I believe YouTube is relying on, or its lawyers are relying on, to even get to the place where they can even deceptively claim that it is your legal obligation and not theirs. An operator of a website is someone who actually operates that website. The only way this works is if they assume that channel creators are the operators of the website. But that fails on a number of directions, right? An operator of a website has control over the code of the website, has controls over the feature set, has control, most importantly, 
about what data is collected from the people that visit that website. If you are a channel creator on YouTube, you don't have any of that power. You don't have any of that control. How could you possibly comply or not comply with COPPA when you don't control whose data is being collected? So in order to read it this way, you actually have to get to or on whose behalf such information is collected or maintained and say to yourself, okay, if I'm monetizing a channel on YouTube, one, we have to assume for definitional purposes that I am a website operator, which is difficult in and of itself. But also we have to assume that YouTube is collecting that data for me and not for itself on whose behalf such information is collected or maintained. So if it's my legal requirement here and you want to claim YouTube that you are only collecting that information on my behalf, one, what are we doing about non-monetized channels, right? That information can only be said to be on my behalf if you are otherwise doing it for monetization purposes, right? Maybe you can make a claim that it's analytics focused, but I didn't ask for those analytics. So if I'm getting analytics, you want to claim that that information is collected or maintained on my behalf? Seems pretty difficult. So we've got this definition in operator that suggests that it's really talking about YouTube. We've got circumstantial, but very strong evidence in the FTC settlement that suggests that they only ever thought COPPA was directed at YouTube. We've got a settlement that said YouTube has to implement these systems in order for itself to comply with COPPA. And then YouTube goes out there yesterday and says, these are your legal requirements. We're going to help you out. We're going to help you comply with COPPA. You say to yourself, wow, if I've been making a channel and I haven't had these boxes to check before, was I in violation of COPPA the whole time? The answer to that is, of course, no. That's silly. But if you're looking at this from that kind of perspective, then YouTube's legal claim is silly. So ultimately, we've got this situation where they have to try to say that they're collecting that information for you, for your benefit and not their own. And if they're not, then this definition falls apart entirely because the only real requirement here is that it shall be unlawful for an operator or website to collect this information. And you're not collecting the information. You're not even really benefiting from the information, especially if you're not monetized. So saying it is your legal obligation is designed solely for fear-mongering purposes. And that's what really bothers me about this whole thing. So at the end of the day, yes, YouTube has to comply with COPPA. And it also means that YouTube probably has to go and ask its channels, pursuant to the FTC settlement, to go and tell it when their things are directed at children under the age of 13. But everything else that comes with it is just designed to make sure that they increase their compliance percentage because they know people will respond to a legal obligation more consistently and more strongly than they will if they describe it as a contractual obligation. Because the point of the matter is, just like we did earlier in the video this week, YouTube can say, hey, it's a requirement to using our service for you to tell us this information. And it is a requirement to use their service. That can be in their terms of service. They can cut you off if you don't do it. But they didn't say that. They instead went with a direction that said it's your legal obligation. And then they then tried to apply it to international users, international channel creators and content creators, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever because COPPA is a United States law. Unless you start to apply it to what YouTube actually is, which it's an international service. We look in that definition of operator and we see that it's tied directly to the fact that it can only apply as a federal law if you are facilitating commerce across the various states or with international bodies. YouTube absolutely fits that description, but does a content creator? That's an open question. And it's an open question that doesn't have a good answer because they are not designed to be website operators under COPPA. And to suggest that they are is something that maybe you can defend in a legal memo. 
I am sure YouTube has outside counsel and inside counsel with legal memos explaining why we can describe this as their legal obligation. I'm sure they do. Don't pretend that they don't. But whenever you're talking about a legal question, there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of manipulation of language that you can undertake in order to get to a place where you want to be. And in my opinion, YouTube is using deception to establish that it is your legal requirement. Really, to the extent that it's your legal requirement, it's not their legal requirement. You really don't see them refer to their own legal requirement, except for language that suggests that when they are required to do something, that somebody's requiring them to do it, whether that's the law or the FTC, you know, they get a little bit vague. It's a little bit passive voice. But outside of that, they are really trying to put the onus on you to get that compliance. And then if they have to go and tell the FTC in two years that it's not working out, that they did everything possible to tell people to comply with the requests that they were making. Now, that's completely separate from the overall difficulty that this presents. I talk about it in my earlier video about the unintended consequences, about how COPPA's definition of directed at children really doesn't make sense for what amounts to the vast majority of YouTube creators, whether video games are completely grabbed by such a thing, whether toys are, even if they are collector generated, whether people just have to start swearing and otherwise doing bad things on their channels just to make clear it's not for kids. All of that is unclear. That's what gets a lawyer mad in the morning is looking at something and looking at a body like a corporation that has every right to go into its terms of service and ask you to comply with these requirements and instead obfuscates and omits and deceives ultimately in order to meet some internal performance indicator and what they want to show to a body like the Federal Trade Commission. And in my opinion, that's just not okay. And openness and honesty is always better than deception. That's been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. We are talking about these kinds of things in software, technology, video games, business, and law all the time. Please share it around if you think anybody might be interested. Otherwise, if you watch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.